Hooray. Hooray. Y'all, it's another quarantini for you. We're cranking it out. We're giving Crank you the content you out. crave. Talking every morning, laughing a lot, trying not I to actually, panic. I know. I had a really great time last night just like following um, the first time. I mean, I know that I knew that this was starting to bubble up, but uh, I have tons of drag queen friends. And even if you don't have tons of drag queen friends, you can still follow drag queens on Instagram. Um, and they, everybody's, everybody's live right now. Like every time I try to check my messages on Instagram, I accidentally fall into somebody's live thing because the banner pops down and I press that little button and I'm like, Oh, Oh, fuck. Hi guys. (laughs) So I accidentally fell into a a live drag stream of, um, my friend Vic Sin and I had the best fucking time. I tipped those bitches. I had a great time. It made me very, 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 very happy. Aw, that's so great. And then I just poked around and I just I just watched a bunch of other drag queens all night. Hooray. Um, that's fabulous. I haven't fallen into anyone's live stream. Um, although I probably should. I've mostly been I, I mean I've mostly been working on this. <laughs> sure. I, I do all the posts um, for this podcast, and it's been incredibly helpful in terms of me not losing my mind, um, which is great. I yeah, I feel like I feel like I can just um, focus on putting whatever good we can out there, and yeah, yeah. Oh, having something to focus on is so incredible. Like I remember. Um, I had, uh, I was making, doing handmade jewelry for a while and I had started a little business, um, which, you know, never went anywhere, but, um, I was so happy to have that to focus on after my mom passed away, like to be able to sit down totally. and work with silver and beautiful, like, um, semi-precious gem beads, like to be able to just have something to focus on with my hands. Um, that was so beautiful at the end. It totally got me through that whole thing. And I think everybody's finding Aww. a thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, which is super exciting. A lot of people are baking much more than I am. Um, my, <laughs> husband, my husband made a dump cake the other night. Uh, do you know what that is, though? I do know what a dump cake is. Tell the people, though, in case they think it's something else. <laughs> so a dump cake is basically uh, a bunch of rando ingredients, usually a little flour and sugar, and then, like, preserved fruits yeah. in in a glass pan and it's cooked for like 20 minutes. Um, and it comes out sort of like a cobbler or a yeah. crumble. Yeah. Uh, and I'm gluten-free, so we used gluten-free Bisquick, which actually worked really well because we then used like blueberry pie filling and pineapple oh. tidbits. Oh. Um, yeah, so then the cakey part wasn't really sweet. It was good. I like that with canned pineapple and cherries. Oh my god! Or peaches, yeah. a peach dump cake. Uh, Shut it the fuck down. Like <laughs> the game over. Everything, nothing compares to peach dump cake. Yum. <laughs> You're my peach dump cake. <gasps> Me? Wow. That doesn't sound quite as romantic as I had meant it to. <laughs> I'm gonna take it exactly as intended. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so people have been really enjoying the scary stories that we've been reading, but we're going to take a, we're probably going to come back to the scary stories. We will, because absolutely. Because we can't, can't do what we're doing here today all the right. time, because we'll die. 
Right, right. Also, um, just to throw this out to you, and I might not edit it out, I'm also thinking maybe like Stephen King short story compendiums, Uh, right? Because I mean, that's it's not going to be super long, and we can choose relatively short ones, or we can do like fucking fireside theater shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Right? (gasps) Let's write sketches. Oh, Oh, yeah. Why the fuck would we not do that? Oh my god! Oh my god! We're so industrious. (laughs) This is Uh, the only plus side. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Jen does myriad cool, awesome things, but one of the things that she's done is um, she's been working with the mortified folks for a while. And um, tell tell them what that is because you've done it, so you can explain it better than me. (sighs) Hi, mortified family, if you're listening. So, um. Y'all, big recommendation for the day is Mortified in its uh, in its many tiers. So uh, maybe you know you recognize the title. Maybe you've seen the documentary on Netflix. Yes. The documentary is based on the live shows that take place in lots and lots of different cities and towns uh, internationally. And essentially, it is... It is storytelling. It's stand up and tell your, your mortifying stories from your adolescence, but you have to do it from previously published works of your own. So it's either your diaries or your journals or your short stories or your erotic friend fiction or ad, ad infinitum, ad nauseum, your poems, your songs. It's so great. I mean, honestly, oh, so good. like if there is some neurological map of everything that satisfies me in my brain, that's it. Oh yeah. <laughs> End of list. Oh yeah. Because it's like voyeurism um and that oh. adrenaline rush, like Oh yeah. Especially, especially oh, yeah. for people who have like um uh especially for people like us who feel things so big. Like I can't not <laughs> feel someone else's shame and embarrassment when they're so close to me. Like ah Exactly. Exactly. And it's it's so satisfying, it's so fun. Um it's very touching. It's very funny. You're able to laugh at yourself and you're able to laugh with like there's it, there's really never any opposition in the shows. It's not people laughing at you. It's really people laughing no. with you because yeah. we all felt that way. And even if you didn't feel that way, even if you were like super cool and did not have an angsty existence, those people don't go to mortify shows. No. <laughs> so nope. you're those really people just are chilling out in Hoboken <laughs> with their white claws. That's right. So it's just you and a bunch of other lifelong nerds. Uh, and it's so great. It's like the most beautiful sense of community. It's so fun, so touching, so nauseating. I love it. It's my favorite thing. Um, so I have done a number of pieces with Mortified. Uh, um, I just did one with my diary from my sophomore year of high school. But... Mm. I also have ones that are that were made for public consumption. Uh, stories that I wrote. Chomp. <laughs> Chomp. I'm ready to consume. Okay. Um, what do you want to hear first? Something that you, when you reread it, made you go, oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's all of them, dude. Yay. All right. That's start at the beginning. And when you get to the end, stop. let me see let me see um i mean it's gonna be 
thinking about dump cake, but please continue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always thinking about dump cake. Yeah. All right. So I, I would say the most completely mortifying in this bunch is a it is a an erotic friend fiction story and it's a little less erotic a little bit more like friendship fantasy what would life be like if i had friends um because as per uh, for for our normal listeners you know that that was not a thing in my life <laughs> um so when i was like 12 i wrote this this wish fulfillment story about me being popular and having friends and it's the it it's it makes me want to throw up in my mouth yay i print i printed it out on our dot matrix printer and i <gasps> bound it in like a cardstock and old harlequin diamond uh wrapping paper and it's called the sparrow's call so i made a dust jacket and the, and the dust jacket says, okay, there's six best friends and they're all best friends with Jennifer and Jennifer likes two guys and they're cousins. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Could it turn the tables if one of them knows Jen likes the other two and will the girl's friendship stay thickly binded? <gasps> the sparrows. <laughs> Oh, girl. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to try to dial it back so that this whole podcast isn't just me giggling like a creep. I'm going to try to be good. Okay. Oh, fuck. Excuse me. I'm this ready. is not when I was 12. This was when I was, uh, this was when I was 10. Wow. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Chapter one, the train tracks. Jen, Lindsay, Brittany, Amber, Caitlin, and Tessie were drinking Cokes by the train tracks because Jen had lived right across the street from them. They were deep in the woods, and the girls liked to ride their bikes there, drink refreshments, and gossip. Tess and Brittany had just moved to Stewartsville. Tess from Vermont, Brittany from Quakertown. The girls had all been friends with Jen for a long time. Lindsay had known Jen since preschool when they were just four. They had then parted, but reunited in first grade, then chugged along up to grade seven. <laughs> Brittany had known Jen since kindergarten at age five, but did not move to Stewartsville until seventh grade. Amber had moved to Stewartsville from Arkansas in third grade. Caitlin, she had known since second grade, but hadn't come become good friends with her until fifth. Even though Tess had been one year older than her, Tess had known Jen ever since she was born. I've only been here a week, remarked Tess, and already I think the teachers are cool, the girls neat, and the boys 100% cute. <laughs> the six giggled. Hey, Amber asked, speaking about boys, want to talk about our latest crushes? Yes, everyone replied. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to keep interrupting you, but do you, did you ever watch Homestar Runner? Oh yeah, the, te the teen girl uh, squad. Teen girl squad. <laughs> the ugly one. The ugly one. <laughs> Jen went first. Well, she said, "What do you guys think about Frank?" Jen, the other five groaned. Every time we we meet here, you always have a crush on him. Exclaimed Lindsay. Well, I can't help it. Jen whined. He's just so puppy dog cute. Jen exclaimed, <laughs> stressing the word cute. <laughs> She's right, suggested Caitlin. Frank really is a hunk. 
I'll say, said Amber. I wish he were mine, said Jen. But she didn't know how right she was. (laughs) Chapter two, an unexpected visitor. (laughs) As the six started off on their bikes, Jen saw a figure in the distance. At first it was blurry, but a a few seconds later, it came into focus. It was James and Frank speeding down the road on their 20-speed bikes. Hey, Jen. Is that a thing? No, it's not a thing. Absolutely not. (laughs) I don't ride a bike, so I don't actually know. Wish fulfillment. (laughs) How fast can I go? Fast like a car? Done. (laughs) Zoom. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Jen, Caitlin started. It's your awk. Jen had cupped a hand over Caitlin's mouth and had strangled her. If a word gets out that I like Frank, you're dead meat, Jen scowled. Jen was a tomboy, and so were the rest of her friends. But Jen had biceps. Hey. (laughs) Tess had fainted. She was lying on the ground because of puppy love for James. Go go figure, Brittany muttered. Only she would like a butt munch like James. Yeah, agreed Linz. He's a major brainiac. As the two boys got nearer and nearer, Jen took out her brush and ran it through her hair. Forget that, scoffed Linz. Don't put Jen down, Brittany screamed, utterly enraged. Brittany, this is accurate. Brittany was this protective of me. However, Brittany was the only real friend in this. Brittany was not one to ignore others putting her friends down, especially her very best friend. The two boys approached the six. Well, well, said Frank, if it isn't the seven dwarfs, dopey, sneezy, bashful, doc, happy, and grumpy. Sleepy must be sleeping in late today, huh? I I should have taken a picture because you could distinctly see the look of amusement and then horror on Frank's face. Jen had leapt for Frank, landing a punch right in his kidney. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Don't mess with me and my buddies, Jen said gruffly. (laughs) Now repeat after me. I will not mess with Jen and her buddies unless I am her friend, Jen recited. (laughs) Frank recited, I will not mess with Jen and her buddies unless I am her friend. Now, said Jen. This is so empowering. Dude. (laughs) I'm cheering you on so hard. With your biceps. <laughs> my biceps. Oh, God. Now, said Jen, are you my friend? Oh, yes. Frank bowed down to her. It disgusts me that you are at my mercy. Jen replied. Oh, my God. <laughs> Run along. And unless you want to get pounded again, <laughs> call me and tell me you're my friend. Holy shit, little baby dominatrix. (laughs) I had a lot of repressed feelings. Listen, that's why we're here. Good God. That's why we're here. So many fucks. Look at this. Look at all the fucks (laughs) on this kid. Mm. After the two bozos had left, Amber said, you did great, but why did you do it? I told you a million times, said Jen. I like his looks, but I hate his attitude. (laughs) <laughs> I told you a million times. 
And um, there are many, many more chapters, and they are just oh as God. ridiculous and horrifying. So um, I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna stop there for now. Oh, I love um, it. But that is a great setup of exactly what I was writing when I was fucking oh. 10 years old. And just like Jesus. I had so many feelings and so much need for companionship. Oh, yeah. I didn't know where to put any of it. <coughs> Sorry, just caught in the background. No, I don't. I I wrote um, – I was trying to write like novels about camp when I was that age. Like definitely I was writing – but it was always fiction. Like it was never, I didn't keep a journal until probably sixth or seventh grade. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's great. I'm, I love that you have that. I, uh, I was saying before we started recording, I can really only find journals from like college. And when I moved up to New York, which is great. Cause that's like peak crazy. Uh, everything's on fire. <laughs> Inside my heart <laughs> and my face yes. all the time, but um, I can't find my high school stuff. Um, maybe it's around somewhere. There's, it might be in the basement. Uh, but I did find. Um, I found a, a a poem, I guess, that I wrote just after I missed my period for the very first time in my whole life and had a pregnancy scare. Oh shit! And it's great. It's great. Like, I was reading it. I was like, oh, my God, look at you. Okay. You ready? Yes, Uh, I'm so ready. In an attempt to coerce my flow from my deepest inner recesses, I have chosen to dye my hair red. Not Nancy Drew strawberry blonde, not copper penny, but red. Get the fuck out of my way, red. Gee, your hair smells terrific, but holy shit, is it red? (laughs) An attempt. An attempt to trigger my senses and an appeal to my menses. See, she's over a week late. Come on, doll. EPT's little lavender stick with its little pink line says, no, baby. Where are you hiding? Did I scare you back up? It's been so long since we hung out. I got nostalgic touching up my bangs. An errant gob looked like a clot and I got all teary. Oh, uterus. Look at the moon in her full glory. She who inspires the course of the sea. I stand in my crimson-haired glory, pelvis tilted to the New York sky, and urge you to grace my panties. Fashionably late is one thing, but girl, it's ten days now. I have made my head a blazing tribute to womanhood. No chocolate cherry, no soft auburn, no crimson tide red. Damn, that girl's hair didn't used to be that red. Red. My fingers bear witness. Stained brownish rose from the dye as if I had actually been on my period and been caught in a private moment. Oh, egg. Oh, egg. I felt your release. I saw red as the creaky Aunt Bertha voice of premenses whispered in my ear to eat salty things and hate everyone around me. And still... (laughs) And still it's like a Ferris wheel stopped with my monthly companion stuck at the top. Your timing, typically so right, has missed its cue, and my hormones are moshing, and I can't stop noshing, and I'm going to smoke my lungs black and grind... uh, Oh, sorry. (laughs) Hang on. And I'm going to smoke my lungs black and gnaw off my toenails if you don't hurry up and put in an appearance. Lamborghini Red. Fuck you, Red. Bloody, bloody Mary Red. She's mad because I called her the curse, I think. 
It's like being in third grade and having this friend your mom makes you play with, but you don't really like her and you grow apart. But in September, you hear from someone else how cool she is now because she moved over the summer and now their family has a swimming pool, but she doesn't want to hang out with you anymore. Yes, I feel rejected by my uterus. I got together with my girl who just went on the rag and mushed my tummy up against hers, hoping the vibes would rub off. Everyone involved is glad her roommate didn't walk in on that. Deep burgundy red, the color of wine and sensuality. My hair is the color I remember you to be. I have sacrificed my blondness in your name, and you cast me aside as though I were Cain offering God a salad. I'm not... (laughs) I'm not the only one who misses you either. You should have seen the look on my boyfriend's face when I told him you were overdue. He took it quite personally, I think. (laughs) The full box of OB sits on the counter next to the empty box of Feria and mocks me. Ha! It says, first 15 bucks on the stick test, now 10 bucks on the hair dye. Oh, silly, silly girl. Exercise your consumerism all you want. It's thicker than water and way thicker than your thinly veiled attempt at symbolic devotion. Maybe I should have dyed my pubes red, too. Oh my god. You 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 hippie moon child fucking sister goddess. Wow. And I know that part of it was like part of it was definitely influenced by like Poetry slams were such a big thing in the late 90s, early 2000s, like huge. And I'm sure as I was writing that, I was like, one day I'm going to read this on a stage. And I was not wrong. (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. What's next for you? Um, You want to go to something weird and really young? Yes. Yeah, you do. So um, magically, I have some, I have, I have some really, really, really old stuff. Um, my parents were both programmers, and so we had a computer. Really, my certainly all of my functioning life. And I learned how to type very early. I learned how to use word processors very early. I was. Um, uh, I, I was really much more technologically advanced than most of the kids that I grew up with. Um, my farm kid friends. And, um, so this must be from when I was like in second grade, I think. I'm pretty sure I'm like seven in this. And it's a, it's a short story called The Smartest Person in the World. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait, is yeah, right in the title? Yep. It's yeah. the smartest person in the world, ellipses, yeah, right, in caps with three exclamation points. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, canon. <clears throat> Once upon a time, there was a little boy named Jimmy. Now, there was nothing actually wrong with little Jimmy, really, <laughs> but let me tell you his problem. <laughs> It all began when I was a little tot. (laughs) One spring day, my mummy asked me if I wanted to go to the park. Of course I said yes, because tots always seem to want to go to exciting places, like the park. (laughs) So we had fun, until when the main part happened. (laughs) Mommy said she had to go to the bathroom and asked me to go wait outside for her. While she was in the bathroom, which took her... (laughs) Which took her an hour. <laughs> Mom. I 
(laughs) I had bumped into a little tot who looked a lot like he might be my age. So I sauntered over to the critter and said, hi, what's your name? First, he just stared at me. Then he spoke and he said, look, little girl, do I look like a tot? And I said, yes. (laughs) He said, well, as a matter of fact, I am not a tot. I just look like a tot. But of course, folks. I'm sorry. Hang on. <laughs> I've never heard the word tot so many times in my I whole know. life. Why oh am God. I so weird? <laughs> Why? Oh, oh. God. <clears throat> Please continue. But of course, folks, we all know that people that small could not be a teenager. But that's the way it went for many days. <laughs> Until one day, I could stand it no longer. I was going to get my revenge. That day, I told my mommy about Jimmy. But she just said, Jennifer, dear, the world is full of little boys. You'll just have to live through it. (laughs) True that, Mom. (laughs) Honestly, of all the things that I didn't make up, I must not have made that one up. (laughs) (laughs) now i was not happy about this but i did as my mommy said so i went through many years with jimmy he still reacted the same way as he did when we first met this is the end of my story (laughs) oh my god you just wow oh oh no okay that's not the end of your story but believe me If you ever see an old gray man that says, I'm smarter than you, believe me, that's Jimmy. The end. (laughs) What the living fuck? I know, right? Oh my God, what? So, so wait, here's the even better part. Girl, I just... Yeah. Is that I must have written this for something. And I don't... I mean, I was the only person typing them for sure. Um... I must have written this for something in school because there is there is a grade on it. And the grade in the bottom corner just says, okay. <laughs> I mean, it feels slightly generous. <laughs> Was there a question mark involved in the okay? <laughs> Say, did anything get erased? Did it say, are you okay? Because I know, right? if I was an adult and I saw that kind of writing from a child, I would, we would have a talk. That would be. Girl, I think I was just an exhausting child. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I was so much more than any teacher ever signed on for. Truly. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, I, um, my God, I'll, I'll, I'll read it next. What's your next goodie? Um, okay. Uh, this, I just wanted to tell you a tiny bit apart. This is, this is, um, I wrote, I, I think I've touched on this situation with this guy that I hooked up with for no reason other than that. I just wanted a boy to touch me in college. He was understandable. He was not cute. Um, he was super fucking weird, which was like, 
I mean, kind of my thing for a while. Um, but he, I was at this party at the theater house. Uh, we call it Riberia House because it was a house on Riberia Street. Um, and that was one of the places that was like theater kids always just rented this particular space. Um, and there was this tall guy um, and he was dressed all in black and he looked like I, nebulously bisexual, I suppose. Um, and then his friend who was uh, shorter and rounder and um, like wearing a long flowing skirt. And I was like, well, I'm pretty sure you're gay, but the tall guy was wearing rainbow rings. Um, and so I wrote a story about this weird thing, this hookup, but from the point of view, like as if I was a guy watching it happen. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a lot of setup, but, but, <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to read you this little passage. Um, uh, oh, um, oh, not at all, darling. Dorian only likes fish. I've tried to convince him otherwise, but he insists on girls. That's the the short gay one talking to the the narrator. You are you are confused. Oh, but the pride rings. Oh, honey, those are mine. His black ensemble looked so dreary. I insisted he needed a splash of color. He's quite taken with your friend. Um, All of the things that this guy says are things he actually fucking said to me that night. Um, uh, Tell me, dear, honestly, do you think this eyeliner is too much? No, not at all. You lie again, trying to shrug his hand off your shoulder. No luck. It's such a shame. I lost my natural beauty a few years back. Now I have to bump every day or else I positively look like a Jersey housewife. You don't have any cocaine on you, do you, dear? <laughs> anyway, that's just I just wanted to tell you the Jersey housewife part because I remember, I remember this so vividly. Just being like all this close talking and like the one friend being like, you should hook up with him. But then he was ignoring me. And then he kept saying, Dorian, the one that I actually made out with, lamentably, um, he, oh my God, I'm going to go ahead and say this out loud. Uh, he, he kept going, am I being ambiguous? Yes and no. And I, I think I just maybe saw it was an easy mark. So we went somewhere to make out um, and uh, we were trying to like figure out what we were going to do. And he was like, I want to make a love to you. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Especially not like outside in the dark. It's late. The sprinklers are going to come on at the fort any minute. And he, he goes, it's not enough. I don't want you to suck my dick like a slave. I want to make love to you. And I was like, <sighs> cool story. I got to go. <laughs> oh my God. What it, it, I feel like, okay, so this is very interesting because I feel like now the colors that I'm getting from your own inner world are very like, are very like beat poet hair hippies slash, sure. film, slash film noir. Yeah. Like everything wanted to feel very like lush and groovy and free love and am I and and also like really dark and tortured oh yes that's because my <laughs> poor vagina was trying to rip through my pants all the time it was like get me out of here yes put something in me for god's sake <laughs> you poor thing jesus christ I know. Uh, uh, so you, I have feelings. something else. I have something else lined up that's only two pages long. But you go. Um, 
Okay, so I think I have found teenage poetry. I have found teenage poetry. Majestic. And by majestic, I mean nauseating. Yay. Um, I did one. Okay. I did one that I will probably not read that I did in AP lit class specifically about forensics. And it is a, it is, um, it's a parody of Jabberwocky. (laughs) Um, Yes. Yep. Uh, Lots of. Oh, oh my God. My original, uh, my, my song parodies from my GeoCities. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Oh boy, oh boy. Not going to read those. No, 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 no. Okay. Mm. All right. So I, I will now say that, um, that a lifetime of fandom was wasted. I will say that here in 2020. <laughs> but when I was a senior, um, one of our AP Lit projects was to do a Canterbury tale of your own. And like one of my best friends was Richard Simmons. And they were really fun. And we had to write out the 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 meter. We had to write out the poetry. And then we yes. had to physically present it. And everybody presented it in a really fun, creative way. I'm sorry. Did you say your best friend was Richard Simmons? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Seth was Richard good, Simmons. Good, good. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> we like skimmed right past that. Okay. <laughs> yes, and I don't I don't remember what most people did, but that was very memorable. Amazing. Naturally. And y'all will know exactly who mine is. So here is the poem that preceded the performance. Hmm. This next man carried a heart full of love. He wore two sparkling socks and one sequined glove. On his right hand and his small feet were clad in black loafers, which would twist when he'd whisper, Who's bad? He could be spotted from miles away by his flashy dress and je ne sais quoi. That's Francais. (laughs) But if you search for his race or color, you'll find yourself in a bit of a bother. For he's not too sure what he wants to be. Because it don't really matter. He croons. Hee hee. (laughs) He gets himself from parts A to B by moonwalking so gracefully. In fact, for a man, he really can dance especially in a fedora and a pair of cropped pants. Though he claims to be bad, he's just a big softy. With children, he's sweet and even lofty. Oh, no! (laughs) He saves them from famine and poverty, and they recognize his sovereignty. By putting his face on their T-shirts, they may still be poor, but hey, whatever works. (laughs) Whether he's black or white, beaten it or thriller, his music is always such a killer. And though most may think of him as a wacko, he's the one, the only, and king, Michael Jacko. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. That's oh. so amazing. Oh, I loved Michael Jackson so much. I loved Michael Jackson so much. I'm very disappointed. Oh, my heart. Um, so disappointed. Uh, uh, yeah. I ha- Adored him. Big fan. Uh, uh, Michael Jacko. I have a two-page poem that I wrote, and I don't know who it's about, but it was a lot of feelings. Oh. Um, and it must have happened, like, shortly after or around this. Like, I do not know who it's about. Okay. <sighs> you smiled and said, trust me. 
You lied and I believed you because your truth hurt. I saw, I saw you through red kryptonite glasses and it scared me. But then you'd hold me and say I broke through your fortress of solitude. So I took you back because you said everything would be different. And it was for a while. Then you'd slip back behind the walls you've erected between us and turn into a bastard of a different color. And I wonder, because all I have are skeletons in my closet, what do you have in yours? And every time I say I won't take you back and just when I've convinced myself it's over, you come crying back to tell me I make you whole, a hole big enough for me to fall into again and again. You'd think I could (gasps) climb out of something so shallow. Then I see another hand outstretched to either beat me down or reach for help because you still need me. I don't need you needing me. You've left me with the PTSD of an emotional gangbang. I'll have to start up a support group for that. But until then, take your mood swings and your guilt trips and your diatribes and your narcissism and take a Prozac and maybe a Viagra too because that's the only way you could ever get it up long enough to go fuck yourself. (laughs) Oh, my God. Who was I so mad at? Who was I so mad at? Do I dare imagine that this is something that you concocted all by yourself? Like it was so real in your head that it just made its way to the page. Yeah, maybe. Because, you know, hey, that's I was, I was like, I'll save this. that one. I'll save this for a time when I am mad at somebody. <laughs> I have right. these feelings. They're unfocused. Oh, my God. Ooh, you think I could climb out of something so shallow. Mm. All right. So good. Okay. uh, Let's see. I'm going to read you. I'm going to read you the other thing that was clearly given to the same teacher. Okay. Mm -hmm. So same age, like seven. This is called the magical toy room. Once there was a girl named Katie. Katie was a lonely child for she had no brothers or sisters. The only children she had to play with were her orphan mates. Her what? Her what? Orphan mates. Oh, okay. Sure. More tots. (laughs) So many tots. (laughs) For she lived in an orphanage. Her father and mother had died in a fire. Oh. Luckily, Katie had... (laughs) Luckily, Katie had smelled smoke before her parents had awakened. The only things the orphans could play with were the toys in the toy room. Little did the orphans know that the playroom was magic. You see, every day when the orphans came out from the playroom, the toys magically start to talk. The toys that that are there are a teddy bear, a toy clown, a tricycle, a push-and-go car, a stuffed lion, a beat-up pillow... A stuffed tiger, a doll, a Barbie, My Little Ponies, and all sorts of stuff. (laughs) The mistresses of the orphanage were very strict to anyone that was always cheerful. (laughs) And in poor Katie's case, she was always cheerful. Um, so when the mistresses of the orphanage said that they were going to move to Florida. (laughs) Wait, the whole orphanage? (laughs) This is a logistical nightmare. (laughs) Poor sad Katie was left behind. When the empty orphanage was quiet, Katie quietly went into the playroom. Now was the time for the toys to reveal their secret to this one little girl. Katie, 
the toys quietly went, psst. <laughs> Katie looked around. Then she went back to what she was doing. Then came the thing that really surprised her. The toy that she was playing with said, hi. She thought it was a miracle. The toy she was playing with really talked. Now, our little Katie was so astounded by this that she forgot Lucy and Megan moved to Florida. Oh. So she called out, Lucy, Megan, my toys really talked. When she realized that Lucy and Megan were not there, she said, wow, I have all the toys to myself, the food to myself, and the clothes to myself. Oh, way to so put she, a good spin on it. She was like, fuck you guys. Katie was always cheerful, dude. <laughs> She was always cheerful. <laughs> so she talked to the toys for a long time. And to the toys' surprise, she really loved them. So in that case, they made her queen of the toys. And she lived happily ever after. Wasn't that a good story? The end. <laughs> Was it, your narration style is absolutely fucking great. It's just because you're always like, yeah, boys and girls. It's you would think that so this- adult- and it's it so, really is. it's so like fucking, uh, uh, um, what are the commercials that come on in the middle of the night? Infomercials? Uh-huh. Yes. 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 It's like, as a kid, I was like an adult infomercial host. It's so weird. It's so weird. I mean, it's also like not shocking in the least. Anyway, the teacher also wrote okay on this one. Wow, what a thing to do to a child. Here's the thing about the okay thing. Like, if you have nothing constructive to say, don't just be like, this shit was tepid. No, like, (laughs) just put a check mark on it. You know what I mean? Like, if you turned it in and that's all you had to do and we're not going to talk about it, put a check mark on it. I may not get a gold star, but okay, rude. Right? That's so rude. So rude. Oh my god! I... Um, I I also remembered who I wrote that poem about, and I was very very mad at him. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was the preacher. Oh, yeah, no, fuck him. <laughs> yeah, I was like that closet thing's too pointed. Okay, no, I remember now. <laughs> um, can I read you a poem that is about this podcast? The answer is always yes. This I remember. Um, I wrote when I was. Doing working with uh, the Virginia Shakespeare Festival, and I was, um, I was basically an assistant for the the head guy who was brilliant, also chain smoker and narcoleptic. So half of my job was taking care of like the money for the box office, and the other half was making sure he did not fall asleep with a cigarette in his hand and burn everything down. Um, and Fuck. in between that, apparently, I wrote some poetry. Um, it's called "You." You are my lone firefly in the parking lot after nine. Your blue-green glow shining against the nauseating pink, fake sunshine of the lampposts. The only real luminescence amidst a sea of artificial light. You. You are a fresh box of Crayolas for my soul. The big box with all the fluorescence and shiny gold and silver and copper and the new ones with the juicy names. You color me purple mountain majesty with macaroni and cheese spots. You. You are my help sheet above the F keys on the keyboard of an evil computer. You are the shift key that makes my font centered. You. You are the springtime fresh fabric softener that makes my je- makes my jeans smell sweet. <laughs> Not about that guy. Not about that guy. 
Um, you were the springtime. <laughs> apparently, that was a real big sense memory for me. You were the springtime <laughs> fresh fabric softener that makes my jeans smell sweet and my towels fluffy for much longer than five days. But personally, I don't mind cling. You. <sighs> You are the band-aids I've always looking for to bandage my painted toes when I've walked the mile in someone else's shoes. They don't fit well and I get blisters. You are also the sparkles in my nail polish. I know. I've seen them in your eyes. The sparkles, not the toes. <laughs> you. You are the extra cherries in my Shirley Temple. You're also the last wild cherry Pepsi in the dorm fridge amidst the cheap wine coolers and leaky beer bottles, not to mention the cracked vodka bottle in the freezer. You. You are the counter melody in my song, the part that often goes unnoticed or even unheard, but the part that makes the song rich and full and just a little addictive. The oh, part that that's means often... he's a baritone. Oh. Uh, the part that's often written out instead of worked on and improved simply because it's unusual and syncopated and unconventional, but still you are my favorite line to sing. You. You are my favorite pajamas, the, one, uh, the ones I always have good dreams in, the kind that when you wake up out of them, the dream, not the pajamas, you wish you could go back to sleep forever and get them back because they weren't over yet. You are also the package of Vivarin in my sample box, a bright yellow beacon amongst crappy deodorant and new and improved feminine hygiene products, something way more exciting than coupons and clear preppy perfume. You. You blow bubbles in my wholesome vitamin D milk darkened with fudgy swirls of quick powder through one of those crazy twisty straws you find at carnivals and theme parks and overpriced watery fruit drinks, but you know it's worth it for the cool straw. You are better than cream-colored ponies and crisp apple strudel, maybe even schnitzel with noodle. But wow, this is, this is an old reference. You are the AAA triptych that makes it possible for my journey to detour through a bad part of town, and you make sure I take Skyline Drive because even though it's a little out of the way, the dusky leaf rainbows are better than rusty road signs. You even use the yellow highlighter to make sure I don't lose my place. You are the walk-it in my pocket. You, you are, you are great. Oh, my God. Isn't that so cute? That's so sweet. That was about my friend Chris. That's so sweet. Oh, <laughs> the AAA trick triptych. Oh my god, actual maps. We would go to the AAA office, and you'd be like, "I'm trying to drive from here to St. Augustine, Florida," and they would be like, "Okay, here's the map," and they would take out like a flippy map. And they would be like, okay, so you drive to here. And then they would flip it over. And they're like, now keep driving here. Like, and they would highlight it for you. And it was called oh a triptych. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I feel like I kind of remember that oh, a God, little I'm bit. Oh, God, I'm so old. <laughs> um, I may have to grab it in another recording i know for sure that there is a poem that i wrote like just for me when i was 16 15 16 uh that's somewhere in my um journals but um i have uh okay so this is um i definitely wrote this at seven and uh this it is a an illustrated book um, it's called the tree that gave us more than we expected. <laughs> and the front page says, dear people who read this book, I wrote this at the age of seven. So there you go. Oh, good. A little, a little, <laughs> just to contextualize. That's it. Once upon a time, there was a girl who lived in England. 
Her name was Melissa, and she had a beautiful apple tree. And so one day she looked to see if her apple tree was all right. Um, then the next page has this girl looking at a tree and exclaiming, oh, no. But when she got there, you should have seen the look on her face. She ran to her mother for help. She said to her mother, mommy, the apple tree is overgrowing. So she dragged her mother by the hand and showed her the overgrown tree. What will we do? cried Melissa. Well, said her mom, we could eat all these. Ew, said Melissa. I don't want to do that. We will get full, she said. Or we could sell some. Yeah, shouted Melissa. All right. Industrious. Then the next one um, has the kid walking in front of a TV in front of a lazy boy with its recliner out talking to a man with a mustache and a, a who's reading a newspaper. Thanks. So Melissa told her dad to get some bags to put apples in. And he said, sure, honey. <laughs> sure is spelled like Jersey shore. Of ah, course. Sure. And then the next picture is the both of them picking apples from the tree <laughs> dad doesn't have a shirt on and i think that's because he didn't wear a shirt when he did any yard work (laughs) (laughs) so like sun's out guns out his nipples are huge (laughs) his belly button is alarming (laughs) so melissa went picking with dad mom was in the house as usual my mother loves slash hates this because my mom was the only person who did things with me as a kid. So obviously, yeah. again, wish fulfillment. Right. <laughs> then there, the kids at the table and a person is walking up to the table. So they had a lawn sale and Melissa was the judge. Don't know what the judge does. What the judge? For the uh-huh. lawn sale? Uh-huh. Wait, weren't we selling apples? <laughs> yes. <laughs> sure was. Okay. <laughs> I'm down. I mean, you may as well move all the inventory. <laughs> um, and I'm not trying to. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm poking holes in your plot, and that's not what I mean to do. <laughs> and thanks to Melissa, they wouldn't have a good time because they got a van. And because they got a van, you know what that means? Vacation. Yo! <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of the book. Wow. You got a van and you know what that means. So the lesson is sell a bunch of apples so you can make enough money to buy a van. Sure. I get it. Apples, hand sanitizer, who knows? (laughs) Oh my God. Good ideas for the apocalypse, right? exactly you know I was so funny like I was you were talking about apples and like of course my brain for a second was like are we gonna wind up like with apple carts like back in the day where people are just be selling whatever the hell they can sell outside on the street and then I was like no because none of us can go outside right we can't go outside we can't touch things that other people have touched right it's gonna be virtual apple carts whatever that means (laughs) what it means is pictures of your feet that's it that's it get ready get ready for the new industry god i've been i've been talking so big i just uh i'm I'm gonna paint my toes later so we'll see how that goes (laughs) 
We've talked a lot about feet today. <laughs> More than usual. Should Never I start enough. using some new hashtags in, in getting this podcast out there? <laughs> Hashtag uh, foot stuff. Good Lord. Oh my God. This was great. And that's great. So oh. y'all, we have more of these. We'll parse them out. We'll parse out uh we'll parse out the scary stories too, because those are so fun. Um uh, we've also thought about like really getting in our feelings and maybe reading poetry to each other, uh, which feels uh, you know, great. Yes. <laughs> so that's gonna be the quarantinis coming at ya. Um, if you have not listened yet, remember that Thursday's episode was a totally normal one. And when I say normal, I just mean recorded, uh, lie, recorded actually together, um, previous everything going to absolute, uh, hogwash. So, um, <laughs> hogwash. <laughs> still lots of really great stories and i honestly i've got all that content until like mid-may so each thursday will still have a like a quote-unquote standard episode um and in the meantime Ooh. all of that's gonna seem so quaint isn't it i know like, right oh, yeah back when we could hang out yeah oh well in the oh, meantime remember face. if you if you see a tot who looks like a tot he cannot be a teenager <laughs> That's the takeaway. That's the takeaway. Oh my god! And my takeaway yeah. for you is that clean laundry is really like oh, um, that, that is I mean, your ASMR. Yeah, for sure. Well, I the first time somebody hugged me, same fucking guy that I wrote that other anger poem about. He hugged me and he was like, "Oh, you smell like old books." And that was the first Fuck time off, I realized that my man. house smelled god like a basement. Damn it. Yeah. I mean, it was helpful because then I was like, oh, fuck, I need to pay more attention to this. But then that threw me down a lifelong (laughs) swirling toilet of like all of Of like anxiety. (sighs) Yeah. And and every fabric softener and and laundry booster. Honestly. Yeah. So I smell great all the time, but. Fuck yeah, you do. Your her her laundry is next level, you guys. It is. <laughs> Thank you. you think you know fabric softener? You think you know dryer sheets? You don't yeah. know jack. <laughs> <laughs> no one does laundry like Lillian. Nobody. I do it. I kill it. I don't fold <laughs> it too good, but I make it smell good. What's your drawer trick? How do you keep? How do you? How do you make sure things in drawers so don't smell like drawers? I do the Marie Kondo <laughs> thing where you fold it in a little square and then you set it up on its end. Mm-hmm. So that you can see everything in the drawer. However, um, you know, that only really works for shirts because then when I get to like weird shaped things like leggings, it kind of goes to shit. And I fold, I have capri leggings and long length leggings. So I fold those differently so I don't have to unfurl them to see which kind they are. Um, <laughs> and my sock and underwear drawer is a disaster. It's just a mess. And it's fine. I don't care. I'm I think my socks and underwear are the most condoed of all of my you know what? drawers. Condoed. I had this thought the other day, and I don't know where it came from, um, but I was thinking about, like, what if you went to someone's house and their underwear and sock drawer was, like, their bottom drawer? Would you run out of the house screaming? Like, I don't know what I would do if I met somebody <laughs> who didn't have a top drawer for their underwear and socks. <gasps> right? <laughs> Admittedly, mine is the middle. Okay, Minus all right, the but middle. like not the bottom. It's not the bottom. No, bottom is t-shirts because I never wear t-shirts. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah. I wear I wear long sleeve t-shirts, especially around the house. Um, 
but my top is underwear and socks and probably, um, like my favorite washcloths. <laughs> Cause if I don't keep them, then Don will like hide them. Not on purpose. Not on purpose, but the ones that take my makeup off really good. I want to, I want to know where those yeah, are. Yeah, of course, um, of course. And then underneath that is, um, bras and, um, tights. My bras hang in the closet. Oh, that's smart. Mm-hmm. Yep, I just put one of the straps over uh, the hook, and then they hang up. That's smart. Yeah. Air that shit out. Look at that. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right, you guys. This has been a quarantini from all the fucks. I'm sweating again. <laughs> Always sweaty. Always was- nervous. Very thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> That's we those are the guys. feelings we're bringing to you. We love you guys. So Please stay and be well. You stay and be well, and I love you and I miss your face. Thank you for listening. Yes, I love you and I miss your face too. Um, I noticed. Wait, here's a shout out. Um, Shauna just made me download Marco Polo, and I see that you're oh, on there, too. Yes, I am. Oh, my God. Can we all Marco yeah. Polo, please? Yes. Friend so time, it's friend really, time, friend time, friend time. It's a really – it downloads the and sends the videos really fast. Like, I was like, yes. why wouldn't you just make a video and then send it to somebody? But that takes a long-ass time. Yes. Um, they're basically immediate. Yeah. It's crazy. I love it. Um, I have a friend who uses Telegram also. Oh. I guess Cute. I didn't have my notifications on because Sky messaged me right back and I'm a dick for not replying. Anyway, this is not your problem, friends. <laughs> my problem. But you know what? Maybe you need our problems right now. And these are them. God, yes. I need other people's problems. As a matter of fact, if anybody if anybody wants advice <laughs> on anything, like we can go we can go literally any way with this podcast. Like we just we want to give the people what they want. That's right. We still need your stories. Of any stripes, any kinds. Come on. Anonymity, if you're if you're nervous that we're gonna know who you are, it's okay. Like be anonymous. Yeah, we're it's not all gonna good. Judge make you. a burner. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, just make a new It doesn't matter and we don't care and pff, fuck, we're not gonna judge you. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> far be it from us. Uh, <laughs> and us is far from everything that bees. Every last fuck, my friend. Every, every last fuck, fuck. Every fuck. Now I want a new box of crayons. I knew the exact shades as soon as you said Purple Mountain's Majesty and Macaroni and Cheese. I want to eat that Macaroni and Cheese one. Jump. I saw them so clearly and the way that they burrowed their way into my heart, I was like, oh, got some feelings, synesthesia for you. <laughs> All right. Okay. We love you. Bye-bye.